Hi there, and welcome along for another edition of The 116, a podcast about living your life higher, wider, closer, and deeper. It's a presentation of First United Methodist Church in downtown Peoria, but really it's for all of us. If you're in ministry work, if you're ministry friendly, which I guess would be the way to say it, or just kind of curious about some of the things we're talking about, we so thankful to have you along with us. Please don't forget to like us and share us on social media. We're available on all podcast platforms. If you would subscribe or follow, it's free and be sure and leave a review. Go to peoria1.com, peoria1.com for more information about us or to connect with us and leave a message. My name is Greg Fish and um, it is a pleasure and has been a pleasure, and I say it that way because, as it turns out, this is going to be my last uh, episode of the 116 with you. I'm sure I will somehow find my way back into another podcast in the future, but for now, as far as the 116 is concerned, I'm leaving mad. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Um, God's taking my life in a different direction. I'm going to tell you more about that. In fact, that's going to kind of thread its way into today's uh, podcast, but just to say that being here with you on the 116 has been such an extraordinary pleasure. And my time at First United Methodist Church as their communications and digital media guy has been an absolute pleasure to me as well. And one of the great reasons why it has been such a pleasure is uh, today's guest, uh, Pastor Tim Osmond, who is here in the studio with me. Pastor Tim, it's good to have you along once again. Well, good to have you along as well. It's been great having you for the three or so years that you've been here. We're going to miss you and as they often say, don't leave mad, just leave. <laughs> just leave, yeah. And uh, yeah, I, the the card I got on the last day, uh, after a while, crocodiles, not so oh. soon, you big baboon joke. Yeah, you <laughs> can never go wrong with that. And uh, uh, we'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk more of the pleasantries about uh, the folks that I work with here before we're done. Who knows, we may even get emotional again before this is mm-hmm. done. But uh, in the meantime, the question is, well, where are you going, Greg, and why are you leaving? How do you know it's the right thing? Because God has blessed me richly here. It's been a great relationship with the staff, with the uh, the community and the folks who attend, as well as my relationship with you on this podcast. Why would I want to leave such a good gig? And the, the fact is, I, I don't want to, but God seems to be leaving, leading me. And sometimes that in the course of our life, that happens, that God leads us clearly in a different direction. I like to say, never look for the neon signs, but sometimes they do happen. Has that been your experience, Pastor? Have you had those neon sign moments in your ministry? I have had a few. And yeah. uh, in our particular system, the bishop and cabinet discern when we're going to move. Okay, and yeah. So there's a big neon sign down in Springfield. <laughs> <laughs> this is your movement. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, in, I, I come from a, a very similar uh, tradition, come from the a Wesleyan tradition as well, so I'm definitely used to a lot of that sort of thing. But as far as my position is concerned, uh, uh, several things came along. I, I am engaged to be married again, and uh, many of you know I lost my wife of 25 years, uh, a number of years back, and this has just been a real blessing of God. But we've talked about moving south, want to get a, to warmer climate, and we kind of targeted Texas, and so I am going to be uh, taking on a very similar role to what I have here at uh, a church called Lighthouse Fellowship in Fort Worth, Texas. And I have just fallen in love with the people there and uh, the climate there. I think the only thing I haven't fallen in love with is the traffic uh, there, but I I will adjust to that as well. But leaving is difficult. And how do we know when it's time to go? Now, I want to start this conversation by kind of also 
bringing in the fact that that at, as of the recording of this, we are in our Easter uh, season, getting very close to the day of Easter. And the, and the sermon series the pastor has selected is one called Stones to Remember. It has nothing to do with rock bands. It's all about uh, uh, the illusions of stones in Scripture. Pastor, tell us just in summary what Stones to Remember is about. Yeah, so we're just taking a look at some of the stones that Jesus would have encountered and how that helps us connect to, to Jesus himself. So this particular Sunday, right before, uh, as we're recording this podcast, right before Palm Sunday, we're going to be talking about the stones that Jesus said would cry out. Uh, last week, we looked at the stone that actually covered over the tomb. And then there were other stones, the stone that um, Jesus said, Peter, you're the rock upon which we're going to build our church. So we've just been following along some of those stones in the life of Jesus, just as a way to get at who Jesus is and what he was calling us to to do, and finding out that we are also some stones that are built into this temple that God's creating. And there's really kind of a neat connection with uh, the Old Testament and Moses with these stones. Uh, Tell us about that. Yeah, we talked a little bit about the stones when when Moses' leadership was handed over uh, to Joshua, and they crossed over the the Jordan River, they pick up 12 stones representing each of the 12 tribes of Israel, and they carry them over, and they set up this mound of stones mm-hmm. by which when they went down to the river with their children, the kids would ask, what's up with these stones piled up here? And they could tell the story again of how God had brought them deliverance. So we're using those stones again to remind ourselves of who, who Jesus is and who God is and how God's still bringing deliverance in our lives today. And God puts these mile markers, you might say, in our life, and they're things to remember. We can look at them and say, look at how God has been at work in my life. And uh, I I also want to bring this question in because I I hear a lot of people talking in the church about God's plan for our lives. And sometimes we get this idea that we can mess up God's plan. Do you believe that we can mess up God's plan for our life? We can mess up a lot of things, that's for sure. I don't think we can completely mess up God's plan. Um, I, I'm trying to think what the guy's, Weatherhead, I think was the guy's name who wrote a book about God and God's will. And he talks about God's perfect will that's absolutely going to be accomplished. No matter what you do, right. this is going to get accomplished. And then he talked about how God has to, however, deal with God's circumstantial will in our lives, meaning we make choices that might be for or against God's will and those are the circumstances which God now uses to bring his will about. But he has to work within the context of our freedom to choose. We feel very strongly, at least in the most Protestant churches, we feel very strongly that we have free will. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, God is controlling everything. And if God's controlling everything, then do we really love God? I mean, right. does God make us love God or do we get to choose? And we firmly believe that God allows us that choice to choose and so God has to deal with the circumstances of the decisions that we make, but ultimately God wants something accomplished in our life or in the life of the world. And in those moments, God's going to intervene and, and help shift us in a different direction and sometimes use the direction we're going in order to teach us what we need to know. Yeah. You know, I think about that song, he's got the, the old song, he's got the whole world in his hands. I've always thought of it kind of like that, that he, he holds us in his hands, but he doesn't nudge us along with his finger. He calls us, he holds us, mm-hmm. but gives us, like you said, that kind of freedom. And that's, that's both uh, empowering and scary at the same time to know that uh, uh, some of this is going to be on me to find my way through and, and discover the next turn. What, what has been, um, in your life, your experience when God has called you, what has that been like for you? Like, like for example, think about your calling into pastoral ministry. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about that. 
Yeah, so I was called in a ministry at a pretty young age. I was down at a camp that we visited in southern Illinois called Beulah Camp, and mm-hmm. and uh, and I just felt strongly that that God wanted me to do something more than just show up on Sunday morning, more than just serve God on occasion, but that God was really calling me into full-time ministry. And so I talked with one of the pastors who was down there. We stayed up late into the night talking about ministry and life and the direction that God might be leading me in. And so I just felt very strongly about that. And then my pastor, I was 16 years old, uh, and my pastor that summer, when I said that I feel I might be being called into ministry, he gave me an opportunity to preach my first sermon at the ripe age of 16 years old. Wow. And I remember I preached on the rich young ruler who comes to Jesus and asks, what must I do to be saved? And that was the text that I preached on that morning. And God just blessed me in that. I was a very shy individual. I hated speaking in front of people. I didn't like speaking in front of a class, you know, when a teacher would call on me to answer a question. Even if I knew the answer, I just did. I was so <laughs> embarrassed. Sure. But here I am standing in front of all these people, and many of them family, which some people might think, well, that must have been wonderful to speak in front of your family. But mm-hmm. those of us who preach know that sometimes that's the hardest thing to do is to preach when your family's watching because they know who you really are, and they know that I wasn't always the greatest kid in the world, you know. And uh, and here they are watching me preach this sermon talking about about following God. But God just so blessed me that I knew that that was what I, th- I was supposed to be doing for the rest of my life. Yeah. And so I began at that point to begin to prepare myself for, the, for answering that call in the ministry. I started reading commentaries on Scripture. I started reading books on leadership and church life and what it means to be a disciple. Were there times you discerned the voice of God in this calling? I think that was a part of the, the discernment. I felt in my spirit. I never heard an audible voice saying, you know, Tim, I'm calling you to ministry. But I just felt in my spirit that this was the right thing. And I, and I began then to try to answer that call uh, into ministry. And it's interesting, in our denomination, we talk about whether or not candidates for ministry, those who believe they've been called, do they also have the the gifts and the graces necessary to accomplish what God's calling them to. And it doesn't mean that they have to necessarily um, be perfect. It just means, are they showing fruit that says, yes, this is what they ought to be doing? Or are they making everybody mad and they're, you know, not, not doing a good job and they're not treating people kindly and they're not listening to the heart of a congregation, you know, which might indicate that maybe this isn't where God really wants you to be because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you're just making a mess of it. Yeah. You know, you know, we have this uh, idea of, of God's voice as well. We like to think he has a big bass voice that just kind of thunders. I tend to think he talks more in a way we understand him. Now being from Southern Indiana, I would be a little bit disconcerted if I ever heard God say, ah, here's what I want you to do now. <laughs> what I want you to do. I don't know that I could, you know, but still, you know, trying to discern what, what is, the, is just Greg's, a yammering in my head and what is truly what God is trying to communicate to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I spent 20 years in, in pastoral ministry and uh, uh, who knows, there might be uh, something more ahead. I don't know, but uh, uh, I ran from my calling. I, I knew from the time I was a boy as well. I, um, as a young man, I would call my cousins together for these really bad unorthodox makeshift church services. I won't mm-hmm. tell you the stories because uh, this is a, this is not the place or time, uh, but uh, I'll whisper them to you later. Come and see me. Um, 
but my cousins tell some pretty funny stories of things that I, I would do in those church. Or, but but mm-hmm. the, the fact is, I knew God had called me for something, but I kind of ran from that. I wanted to be in the music business, and uh, I was in radio, uh, really enjoyed my career in radio. Uh, for me, I actually did have some Voice of God experiences that seemed pretty plain mm. to me, and it's one of the few points in my life when I can point to and say, yeah, I did discern God's voice there. For example, uh, one of the instances was I was in a uh, in Nashville, Tennessee, at a uh, uh, event for radio people, and I was actually standing there having a conversation with an artist who was popular in country music at the time, namely Ann Womack, and they were getting ready to introduce her new song to us. They were going to play it for us, and so right there having this conversation with this uh, artist who uh, was already uh, becoming a star at that time. They begin to play the song, I Hope You Dance. And in the song is this line, time is a wheel in constant motion, pulling us along. Who wants to look back on their years and wonder where their years have gone? And as soon as I heard those words, it was as if God and I were alone in the room. And I really sensed God saying to me, I've been asking you to do something for me. When are you going to do it? Mm. Your years are going. When are you going to do this? And then later I was driving down the interstate, not, in, not at the same time as this story, but uh, uh, I turned the radio off, was praying, and found myself saying, God, you don't want me. I'm a wholly incompetent God, a uh, wholly incompetent man. Mm-hmm. And I sensed God's voice coming back to me in a way that seemed loud to me at the time, as if he were actually sitting next to me saying, yes, which kind of, you know, God, thank you very much. He just agreed I was a wholly incompetent man. <laughs> See, yes, but... I am a holy, competent God. And I knew right then what the deal was with God, and that is it wasn't about me. It was about doing what God was calling me to do and being faithful to his spirit. Uh, mm-hmm. Your sense, the, the spirit's interaction with you in discerning God's will, uh, what is the, the level of necessity for that, that spirit input in what you're doing? Uh, well, I think this, that it's absolutely, you know, essential. And, and I think God speaks to us in a variety of ways. You know, mm-hmm. as you just kind of indicated, God spoke through a secular song exactly, in order to, to bring to mind the reality of what God was trying to say to you th- for many years. But it came to a kind of a crisis moment when it was like, hey, I'm not giving up on you. This isn't the last call, but... But this is an important call, and right. you need to, you know, need to answer that. Right. So I think that spiritual uh, process of of feeling, I, well, I hate to say it this way because I think, um, because what I'm thinking is, is sometimes we think that we ought to feel just absolutely perfectly at ease with the decision we're making, mm. and sometimes I don't feel at ease when God's calling me because I don't want to do it. I feel a little bit like the guy who was told after. Paul's conversion experience. I need you to go heal Paul. And he's like, wait a minute. He was a murderer. He's been killing Christians. You want me to go down? Really? And I think he went because God called him to do it. I don't think it's because he felt good about it. You know, other than God's calling me, I feel good that God's asking me to do something, but man, are you sure? So I don't want to say that we just receive this absolute peace and now we can go do what God's because sometimes God asks tough things of us, you know, he asked us to change careers. You were in a particular career path, uh, mm-hmm. path mm-hmm. and you're being very successful at it. And then God says, hey, I'm reminding you, I've not let up on this call yet. you got to answer it. And so we, we turn. But I think there's a, I do think there's a spiritual discernment. One is, you know, when you're thinking about, is this God's will for me, asking yourself, well, is there a prohibition in Scripture against it? Because, right. because God— Really, I don't think God ever calls us to do things that Scripture would tell you not to do. So if it says don't do it, 
really, you have to really discern, is God really calling me or is this just my thinking and what I think I ought to do? And the other is, is does Scripture ask you to do it? So if you ever ask, well, should I, you know, serve um, as a short-term mission project, you know, to go do that for a week? The answer is yes. You know, go do it because God says go sure. feed the hungry, care for the poor, mm-hmm. do that. So, yeah, so go do that. Yeah, when, when you're doing the good things of God, you, you can pretty much guess God is going to be in that. And if he gives us choices. I also, Another thing that Andy Stanley says, like just to give him credit, I love – the, the big question he likes to ask in discerning, and that is, is it wise? Mm. Because as you, as you discern these things, that final question, and I found myself asking that a lot lately, is this wise? Mm-hmm. That is such a, an insightful way of looking at the, the questions we are facing, because a lot of things may be, seem right mm-hmm. and be just fine, but is it really wise for me to go this way? And if the answer is maybe not so much, then that's, that's a, a good red flag for us to pay attention to, right? No, absolutely. Yeah, I, th- I, and I think that part of that discernment process, um, when you're asking, is it wise, is to ask your close family and friends. This is what I believe God's calling me to. You know me probably better than anybody else besides myself. So, what do you think about this? Is this a wise decision I'm making? Now, sometimes I think God calls us out of our comfort zone, and sometimes our families misunderstand right. because they want right. to. You know, here's the caution: your family wants to protect you, so they're always going to want you to stay at home because we want you with us. And sometimes God's calling you to something very, very different and far away. You know, you're moving down to Texas. Right. You know, if you were to ask me, is that God's will? I'd say, absolutely not. <laughs> God's will is you to stay right here. Yes. Continue to do what you're doing here. But as you and I've talked and we talked about this, I said, I, you know, I've said to you and I've said to other church members as well, who are thinking about moving to another congregation or leaving. I, I never want to stand in the way of God's will for your heart and life. And it's really, if it's the best thing for you that God's calling you to, then you go with my blessing. You go with my prayers. You know, I'm not, not mad that you're leaving or anybody else is leaving. I'm heartbroken because of our great friendship that we have. And I'm going to miss those conversations that mm-hmm. you and I have had about, about church. And that's one of the things I've appreciated about you is that there are some people, um, who just understand what ministry is about. I mean, you have what I call the keys to the kingdom. You can open up ministry doors because you understand the why, not just the, that we have a door that needs open. You understand why we need to open the door and how we then walk through. So I'm going to miss those great conversations that you and I, you know, I've had, but if it's God's will for you to be in a different place, then I'll never try to stand in the way way of God's work in your life. Mm-hmm. Who am I to stand in the way of that? Well, one, I couldn't even if I wanted to. Um, so so when you're discerning what God's will is, asking is it wise, I think is a, a good thing. Asking your friends and family is it wise, understanding and knowing that they may have ulterior motives. Right. 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 Um, but if they're really honest with themselves, they will know this is probably God's will for you. They'll help you discern that and understand what that's going to look like. And you know, the, I, I will say that this this decision has been a very uncomfortable decision for me, but I found that God has moved me through uncomfortable things. Probably knowing my nature, I would have uh, stayed in Columbus, Indiana, for my entire life if it had been up to Greg. Even with my desire to move to Nashville, Tennessee, as I had once thought I would be doing, uh, I probably would have just 
been content to stay in Southern Indiana. Mm-hmm. And God has continually made me uncomfortable and, and moved me. And when you ask what, you know, when I, when I was talking with the folks at my new church, I, I had a chance to meet with the staff there at the church where I'll be on staff. And one of the things they said is when I, I began to talk about this podcast and the things we've done here in the digital realm, uh, the lady said, you really lit up when you talked about that. Mm-hmm. So I can tell that was, and yeah, I, I, because this has been such an important part of who I am. So how can I know for sure that it's right for me to leave one thing that feels so right and good and friendships that are so deep and genuine into the unknown? Because I'm, I don't like surprises. I hate surprise parties, for example. <laughs> I don't like, I don't like them. I don't like, like them su- either. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and for me, this, this journey has been one of just, as I've discerned, you know, with, uh, uh, my new marriage, we've talked about moving South and that's been a thing. But as, as I, explored this. God kept closing doors for me. I came close and then boom, the door closed. And I thought, well, maybe I'm wrong about this, but suddenly God opened a door and I I can't talk about all the details yet. I don't think, and I don't want to betray any confidences Mm -hmm. just to say there were several moments in my discussion with this, uh, this new church where it was like, really? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I saw God's fingerprint there. And, and, um, it was, these were just some neon sign moments that made me realize as painful and as hurtful as it is to leave one thing that I love, that God is going to move me to something else that I, I will love and mm-hmm. do something through me there and probably open the door here for a blessing that you can't even yet imagine. Mm-hmm. That even though I, I've had a, such a, a wonderful relationship with you all, I can't help but think that God is about to do something even better in the ministry life uh, for you, for this, this church that will take everything to the next level. God has a way of doing that, doesn't he? Just when we think we're so important, he does something even bigger, right? Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We're just, we're just hope, hopeful for something similar. That's what, yeah. that's, what, <laughs> okay. that's what we're hopeful for. But yeah. you're right. God does do, do things. And, and you can't receive all of the blessing God has for you unless you're willing to take that next step of faith. And it, you just can't think, uh, you know, we always want in systems theory, we always want to keep if life is a mobile, it's like, you know, one of those sculptures, it's a mobile and we always want to keep it even, right? It, it, systems theory says we try hard to keep everything even, Okay, but sometimes you can't get the blessing you need unless this thing gets out of even, meaning you've got to step into the unknown. And so you're stepping, you know, into Texas right. and it's going to be different. So it's, you know, your mobile's uneven, but that's okay because it's not about keeping everything, you know, in alignment. It's about being in alignment with God. And that's the challenge we have. We want to keep things in alignment with what I want. I've got to keep re- keep reminding myself that, no, it's what God wants because God's plan is far better than I ever imagined. Yes. And, you know, the, the asking myself, is this the right place for me to be? Because on one hand, I love looking at the forecast and realizing that on these days that it's in, still in the 40s here, it's in the 80s there. But then I have people tell me, yeah, but you know, there's a couple months of unbearable heat mm-hmm. during the summertime. So I'm, I'm thinking, is this about me wanting to get out of the, the inclement Arctic Midwest weather, uh, or, or am I truly following God? And uh, that's been a real question for me that I've just had to take one one prayer at a time and see what doors he opens. And I guess ultimately the door for them to invite me to come has been uh, a real confirmation to me because I know they are praying about this. And the way that uh, uh, 
the church here has been able to bless me in the going has also, in effect, been a, a confirmation to me, I think, that uh, uh, these are right steps. Uh, you've had to make some tough decisions over these last couple of years, and I've been kind of glad that I'm not in your seat during the pandemic. And I have to think there are times when you even question your own decision-making. What, what did you find to be the most reliable way to make good decisions during the pandemic when it seems like you just seemed like you couldn't make the right decision? Somebody was going to be very unhappy with you. What, what did you most lean on during those times, Pastor? I'm trying to resist making a big joke out of, you know, uh-huh. make, you know, um, so, so let me resist that. Now, it's, and it has been difficult to make decisions, but um, one, we've got a good team here. And as I said, I try not to make these decisions on my own. Okay, and yeah. instead, I try to lean into those who are around me. You and I've had conversations about things throughout this last two years about mm-hmm. what do we need to do. I've talked with Diane, our office manager, I've, I've, other people. I don't want to, if I start going down the list, I'll miss somebody. But, sure, sure. But I've tried to lean into those people who are around me that I trust and I know who understand church life, what it really means, in order to, to make some of those you know, tough decisions. We had to le- let a couple of people go. And that was hard to do, but you have to look at, okay, what, where are we financially? What, mm-hmm. what decisions are we having to make because of the circumstances? And then ask, okay, but God, what are you asking us to do beyond the circumstances? So, so we've had to make tough decisions, but it's been a, a, you know, about prayer and discerning through prayer, but also discerning through the people God's given us because I think sometimes when we pray, we think God's going to speak to us audibly, like you were talking about. Mm -hmm. And often God doesn't speak to us with God's own voice. God uses the voice of people who are around us to speak into our life and into our situation to help us to discern what God is ultimately saying. And so while, yes, I have on a few rare occasions heard God's voice audibly in my spirit, Mm -hmm. uh, often uh, God's done that when God needed to correct me and he needed me to stop doing (laughs) or thinking or acting the way that I was acting. But often God speaks through the people around me. He uses their voice to speak to me. And I, and I think that's a spiritual practice of learning to hear what others are saying. Now they're not always right. I'm not saying that every time somebody speaks to me, Oh, that's the voice of God. I'm going to go do that. But what I'm saying is, is, is that's a spiritual practice of listening to the good wisdom of others around me. You know, that's been an insight here. Even in our conversation, I hadn't thought so much about and just the, uh, uh, the joining together of communities for me and making hard decisions has been so impactful. Um, I, I also think uh, back to times when I've, I've been faced with, with difficult challenges and, and difficult decisions and, you know, having gone through the situation of a wife who had a long-term illness, and, and there was this pattern that she would start to have a problem, we'd go to the specialist, we knew there was bad news coming, there would be the bad news, we'd sit yeah. in the car and cry afterwards, and then we'd have to take a deep breath and make hard decisions as to as to where we were going to, to go. And sometimes you just feel like you're stabbing away at, at the in the dark to mm-hmm. make the right decision, but then when you're done, you kind of see how God has led you uh, along in it. You know, there's a, a story I often refer back to. Um, uh, there's a, a very famous poem in Christianity that people just love called Footprints in the Sand. Mm-hmm. It's about this dude who's standing on a beach, and he looks back and sees all the footprints, and every once in a while there's only one set of footprints, and those are the points of his greatest struggle. 
And he says, God, how could you have left me at that point? And he said, well, I didn't leave you. That's when I carried mm-hmm. you. And I've kind of noted in my life that I didn't get that deal. I wish that I had. There are times when I see my greatest struggle that not only do I see two sets of footprints, but I see the flop in the sand where I fell down and was being drugged for a while maybe and had to get back up. And I said, God, why didn't I get the same deal as other people who you carried? And in my spirit, I sense him saying, Greg, it's those times that I really taught you how to walk. And that's been what has been meaningful to me. Again, if, if, if the carry idea has been meaningful to you, then, then that's a great blessing. But for me, it's been a blessing to understand that in those times when I felt most in the dark and felt like I wasn't sure if I was making the right decisions or not, that's when I was learning how to walk. And maybe ultimately the, uh, uh, the path God is taking us down in these hard decisions isn't so much about making a right or wrong decision. It's about learning how to be stronger and how to walk. No, I, that's, no, I think that's good. Um, and I think that's good theology as well, because God takes our hand and walks with the, walks with us. You know, Psalm twenty three is that God is with us in the in the valley, and He walks with us. You know, I've I've that same poem. I've often thought, you know, two two footprints and then two heel marks as you're being drugged. <laughs> yes. You know, through the sand. Sometimes I'm just being drugged by God. Uh-huh. I feel like, um, but I think that's good because I think God does teach us how to walk. And I think when you look back across the seashore, um, you'll see how God had, you know, put a barrier between you and some big wave that was coming in. You didn't know it at the time. It was on the other side of these boulders. But had they not been there, mm-hmm. it would have wiped you out. Um, and, how, and how God sent other people to walk alongside of you for a season when you didn't know which direction to go. And if you look back and you see your footprints, you're wandering all over the place. And then there's another set of a friend mm. who helps then come beside you and, and lead you in a, in the direction you should go. At the time, you're still complaining to God, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I'm going. Why don't you send an answer? And then we look back and realize, you know what, that was the answer. I had never thought of it. That's a great addition to that poem, too, the multiple footprints mm-hmm. in the sand that you see in yeah. those times of life. Well, Pastor, this has been an interesting conversation, and I'm not sure we've helped anybody for sure with the decisions, but hopefully we've encouraged you in your decision-making process as you've thought about how to get through the big decisions. But uh, this is the point in the podcast where Greg finds himself getting, because uh, uh, I'm, I'm an emotional person, so I'm going to sure. do it. I'm going to get emotional here. I knew this would happen. Um, I, I just got to thank you all Uh First of all, in the First United Methodist Church congregation, you folks don't understand what a blessing you've been to me. I've heard you've encouraged me in so many ways, words of kindness, but let me just say you have been a part of my life at a time when I needed you more than you realize that I needed you, and I am thankful for that. Uh, but I'm also grateful for this man who sits across the table from me right here, who's been such an integral part of my life in these days, and uh, just a very confident in the future of this ministry work, even in the face of, I know so many questions for the future because uh, this church is being led by a man who is a man of God, but also a, a man who understands how God leads and how to uh, lean into that. And so pastor, let me just say it is truly. Yeah. Truly been an honor and a blessing to work beside you in these days. Well, and the honor has been mine. Um, you know, we've, talked about you and i've talked about before about uh being the the face and the voice of peoria first uh-huh. and i felt very confident in you and in 
your commitment to the Lord and to the church, and I felt very comfortable letting you play down here <laughs> in the podcast room. Yes. And and truly be the, the voice and face, an additional voice and face of uh, Peoria First. So trusted you and, and you. glad you've been here. Thank you. I do have a question, though, for you but, but okay. before we go, and that uh-huh. is, is that how can people follow you online or on podcasts? Because I know you've got this whole other thing that you're yes. doing besides uh, what you've been doing for us. So how can they connect with you if they would like to do so. Thank you. Yeah, there, there's several ways. I, I'm I'm becoming less and less a fan of social media just because I recognize the marketing of it, but I am regularly on Facebook and I do a daily blessing on, on weekdays. Uh, I've just felt like there's so many, uh, this isn't about prosperity. It's not about God's life and God is all blessing. It's about the fact that so many people are speaking curses into our life mm-hmm. that we need somebody to speak something good into our life. So I try to speak something good into your life every day. So uh, if you'd like to send me a friend request on Facebook, you can also follow me on Facebook on my uh, uh, page that's connected with my publishing business, which is Corbin Foster Media. And you can also find me online at CorbinFosterMedia.com. Uh, or just search Greg Fish, and if it's not the guy who does fishing in uh, Iceland, I think it is, uh, you, mm-hmm. you'll probably find me come up in the Google search as well and find my website that way. You could also find me through Facebook. I do have links to my uh, website there as well, and uh, very much in hopes that my new book will be in print soon. That has been a new challenge for me that I have not risen too well through the pandemic of getting uh, my own publishing business going and getting my new book in actual print been dealing with this for two years now, I think, but uh, we're going to get there. It's, it's, we're getting very close to that. And I have some new books on the burner. I'm writing, or I finished a book about my relationship with my dad called because I'm Richard's son Mm -hmm. and have other projects in the works as well. So I hope those things will, uh, so I I would love to stay in contact with you. Uh, Please don't hesitate. I I'm, you know, Accepting friend requests is a weird thing. If I recognize we have connections, I'll accept you readily. But if uh, uh, I get a friend request within uh, the time that this airs, I'll, I'll suspect that uh, it's probably from you. Oh, and also on YouTube, I do have my uh, That Made My Day YouTube channel, uh, which you can check out, That Made My Day. So check yeah. that out as well. There's the long, long commercial. But th- thank you for asking. Well, you're welcome. I, you know, that's just part of the, the piece now that we do have all of these ways of connecting with people beyond just uh, a, a physical contact or face-to-face, there's all this media that's out there. And I knew you had that available. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, you know, I've been blessed by your blessings. Uh, just good food for thought in there, as well as the two books that you've written. I know we did a sermon series on mm-hmm. one of those books. And and uh, and so I just wanted to encourage people that, uh, as I reminded people the other yesterday when we were having the meal at staff, you know, uh, we have a couple of staff people who are leaving. I said, I just want to remind everybody, they're, they're not dead. They're not yes. dying. Yes. Uh, it's not like you can't contact these people. They're going to be around. So I just wanted our people to know who've connected with you here on our podcast and in other ways to know that they can still remain in connection with you. Absolutely. And I think you've got great things yet to say that God's using you to really speak in the heart and lives of people. So I wanted to give you that opportunity to Thank remind you. people how they can connect with you beyond just PeoriaOne.com. And if you happen to be in the Texas area, Fort Worth, look me up. I'll be at Lighthouse Fellowship Church in Fort Worth, so uh, uh, look me up. I would love to connect with you there. Well, this this has just been a pleasure. Now, let's talk just briefly, if you wonder what's going to happen to the podcast. Our plan is, in the near future, for uh, potentially 
uh, multiple hosts, including yourself. Is that kind of where 116 may be going? Yeah. So I'm going to be one of the, hopefully, one of the hosts. And then uh, Dan, who's also on staff, you've heard Dan. I think sometimes his podcasts get a lot of views because he's just a great guy. He's hilarious. He's funny. And and so he's the other one. There's another individual I've yet to ask who's a a layperson here at our church. He's, I'll just say he's got a nice, deep, you know, kind of radio voice. Uh-huh. And I'm hopeful that he also will be a voice of, of the church as well. But those are the three of us who are going to probably be working on this podcast. We are working at, at hiring an, another uh, communications director here, and we're hopeful that the person we're looking at might help us to be able to engineer some of this uh-huh. so that the three of us can be the voice. And after we get to know him, if again, I have to trust somebody before I let him loose sure, on sure. on our congregation. Uh, <laughs> but uh, like once that happens, I'm hopeful he'll move not just from being an engineer of taking care of how this all works behind the scenes, but then potential, potentially being a voice of, of Peoria First as well. Fantastic. And as always, the purpose of this podcast goes far beyond the ministry of this church. It's about living a life that's higher, wider, closer, and deeper. So all those things that you have brought into the life of the church and Go to PeoriaOne.com, by the way, if you want to learn more about what that's about. PeoriaOne.com. Plus, we have a new app coming very soon, the Peoria One app. We'll have more details, I'm sure, uh, available to you as as time goes by as to how you can get that app. It may be available by the time you watch this. Uh, But keep an eye out for that in the uh, Google Play and... uh, Apple Store as well, uh, but just to not only connect people in the Peoria area, but beyond, because in ministry, we all share a common DNA, and there are many things we can learn from each other. So my prayer is, in my participation in this, that it's been a help uh, to your ministry as well, and um, I guess that wraps it up for this edition of the 116. Thank you so very much again for your kindness and encouraging words. My name is Greg Fish. It's been a pleasure to be with you. As I mentioned, this has been a presentation a First United Methodist Church in downtown Peoria. Like us, share us on social media, and be sure and follow on your favorite podcast platform and YouTube. It's free, and it helps us out. Go to PeoriaOne.com for more information and to leave a message. Thank you so very much. It's been just one of the honors of my life to be with you. My name is Greg. Thank you for being with us on the 116. Blessings to you all. May God smile over you, and may his song that he sings over you be sweet in your ear. Thank you.